Piping Show. This podcast is your ultimate guide to holistic health and wellness. Our team of best lifers share their stories. Wait, wait, wait. What is this best lifing? We transform your life from ordinary to extraordinary and help you live your dreams. So now, let's start best lifing. Hi, and welcome to the Best Lifing Show here on the Be Unique radio station. My name is Emily, and I am the yoga guru at Best Lifing, and today I'm here with Marilyn. How are you, Marilyn? Good. How are you? Nice. It's so nice to be here with you today. So what are we discussing? Today, we're discussing managing your intrusive thoughts by journaling. Nice. So to you, what are intrusive thoughts, Marilyn? Intrusive thoughts are basically thoughts that seem to become stuck in your mind. They can cause distress since the nature of the thought might be upsetting. Uh, They can also reoccur frequently, which can make the concern even worse. Um, They can be violent, disturbing, and your mind, more specifically, your thoughts affects your perception and thus your interpretation of reality itself. So thoughts can be what? They can be both positive and negative, right? Yeah. Positive and negative. So a positive thought is another word for an affirmation, right? Mm -hmm. So an affirmation, I think, is a really good way to practice positive thinking, right? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, so what what do you think is a benefit of an affirmation? Um, Definitely increased uh, lifespan. There's lower rates of depression, uh, levels of distress, definitely a greater resistance to the common cold, uh, better psychological and physical well-being as well. So for an affirmation, what do you think an, an example of an affirmation would be? I would definitely say an affirmation is positive self-talk, right? Absolutely. So if I was saying an affirmation to myself, I would say something along the lines of, I am powerful, I am worthy, I am confident, I, I am everything I can be and more. Exactly. I am right? beautiful, I am strong, independent. I love that. I love that. So when we're talking about intrusive thoughts, we discuss that it could be either negative or positive, right? Yeah. So when it comes to negative, what do you what do you think about that? Um, I don't know anyone who doesn't have a negative voice inside their head. Um, it's definitely a part of life. It's free will. It gives you the chance to make smart choices, improve yourself, and grow to become a better version of yourself. If you turn small things into big things, let's say, that bother you for days, maybe even weeks, even longer, um, you're having negative thoughts. And those negative thoughts can make you feel sad, anxious. They can take the joy out of life, and they can really take a toll on your physical health. Yeah, you know, absolutely. I completely agree. It can. I feel like it can like prolong your anxiety. You know, it's not good for yourself mentally, emotionally. And, like, it hurts you physically at the same time. It can, like, really have long-term, like, implications on your health, Mm -hmm. right? You know, at the same time, when you're negative on yourself, it, like, indicates a flight or fight response. You know, it creates worry in your mind and it, like, creates, like, physical anxiety. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Absolutely. You know, it and it even at the same time, it makes it more difficult for you to, like, consciously affect your own thoughts. Mm -hmm. Right? Absolutely. So like how do you think how do you think someone recognizes like a like a negative or a worrying thought? Um like what are like the physical implications? So physical implications can be like increased heart rate, uh blood pressure, uh 
a surge of adrenaline, sometimes um, shallow breathing or a sense of breathlessness, muscle tens yeah. as well. Yeah, no, I could definitely see how that could be the issue. Um, I, something that I've learned recently is like a couple of breathing techniques. Oh, yeah. I've learned that breathing techniques are really helpful when it comes to managing your anxiety. Mm -hmm. So I've heard that conscious breathing is essential when it comes to like managing your anxiety. Yeah. So what I've learned is it's essentially as simple as it sounds. You just have to be conscious of your breathing. You have to pay attention to the air that's going in and coming out, mm -hmm. right? So... It's basically uh, breathing in through your nose. Uh, you got to feel the air entering your nostrils. Feel your lungs filling and expanding. Focus on your belly rising and breathing out through your nose. Feel your lungs emptying. Focus on your belly falling. Feel the air exiting out of your nostrils. I love that idea. So like as a yogi, one of the most important things when I do yoga is breathing. So mm -hmm. when I'm teaching a yoga class, one thing I love to teach is the importance of your ujjayi breath. So your ujjayi breath is the conscious inhale of breath and the conscious exhale of breath. So I feel like it kind of goes hand in hand Absolutely. at the same time. Yeah. So when we're talking about negative thoughts, there's definitely multiple different kinds of negative thoughts, right? Mm -hmm. So... The one, the one that I'm going to start with is your inner critic. You know, everyone has their own inner critic. Everyone's super hard on themselves. Everyone is super um, judgmental of their own being. You know, this is your constant abuser. It's, it's often a combination of other people's words. A lot of the time, people who are really close to you. So, like, your family or your friends. Yeah. Or, in general, just, like, thoughts that you've created based on what you think other people expect of you. Why do you think... Mm -hmm. You would, like, I honestly, it's hard to think of that. Like, other people's expectations gives you anxiety. Mm -hmm. That's kind of stressful, right? Yeah. I think it's also comparing yourself to others, um, especially, like, maybe celebrities or people in the media. Right. Um, the things that you told yourself as a result of painful experiences Absolutely. as well, like betrayal, rejection, you know, your own interpretation creates your self-doubt, self-blame, which are most likely undeserved in cases of rejection and betrayal. Um, but the inner critic, as you said, is motivated by pain, low self-esteem, a lack of self-acceptance, and self-love. Right, right. It's, it's kind of like crazy how we don't realize that we think of ourselves in that way. Mm-hmm. But anyway, so there's another type of negative thought that I want to get to, and that's the worrier. So, like, a worrier is the person who lives in the future. So, again, I'm going to bring up the example of me being a yogi. One of the most important things in yoga is to practice mindfulness, and the mindfulness is the essence of being present. So being present helps you to just be focused on what you're doing currently. So the worrier is a person that lives in the future. You know, they're filled with potential what-ifs, you know, they're motivated, motivated by fear, which is often very irrational and has no base for life, you know. Occasionally, mm -hmm. the person is motivated, like I said, by fear, but they're afraid of what could potentially happen. And it's something that 
is not going to help you in the long run. You know what I mean? Yeah. Absolutely. So the next thing that we're going to talk about, and it is another type of negative thought, is the reactor or troublemaker. What do you think about this, Marilyn? Or the troublemaker is the one that triggers anger, frustration, pain. Uh, These triggers stem from unhealed wounds of the past. Any experience can really, um, that's even closely related to a past wound, can set it off. I think this person can be set off as well by words or feelings and can even be set off by sounds and smells. Um, The reactor, as they call it, has no real motivation and has poor impulse control. They're run by, let's say, like a past programming that no longer serves you if it ever did. Right, right, right. So would you say that the reactor is someone who is impulsive? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah, I would agree. I would totally agree. So finally, we're going to talk about the last type of negative thought that you could experience, and this is the sleep depriver. So the sleep depriver is a combination of any number of different squatters. So a squatter is essentially the different type of negative thought. You know, a squatter is someone that stays in your mind for Mm -hmm. forever. So this next type of squatter is the sleep depriver, and their motivation is usually some type of self-doubt. You know, they have a lot of low self-esteem, they're very insecure, and they have a very general, you know, level of anxiety. Um, so after this, Marilyn, I know you're the journaling expert here. Yeah. How, how do you think journaling helps with intrusive thoughts? Um, well, we have a lot of thoughts scrambling around our brains every day. Um, I read that there was like an average of 6,000 th- uh, thoughts per human. Um, so our brains, you know, are super busy. We're assaulted with facts, with news, so much, uh, information every day. And at the same time, we're trying to find time to schedule all of our activities. Sometimes we're doing the jobs of like 10 different people while still trying to keep up with our own lives, our parents, I can totally relate. (laughs) Yeah. Our children, our, you know, Friends, pets, careers, hobbies, everything. Right, even like personal life, right? Yeah. And journaling is highly recommended uh, stress management tool. It allows you to explore the experiences that make you anxious. It helps you calm and clear your mind of intrusive thoughts and releases negative feelings. Your journal is pretty much like talking to a trusted friend, a therapist, um, someone that is always listening unconditionally and without judging. It can really serve as a way for you to openly communicate anything that you want to write about, your hopes, your dreams, worries, disappointments, whatever. Um, One of the most uh, studied aspects of journal writing uh, pertains to its healing effects are it promotes problem solving. You know, when you're stressed and you have a problem, keeping a journal can really help you identify what's causing that stress, what's causing that anxiety. And once you've identified your stressors, you can really work out a plan to resolve the problems and reduce that stress. Some questions to consider when you're feeling overwhelmed is, what is one thing I can accomplish today? So think about like a short-term goal, something that's observable, something like making a doctor's appointment, maybe cleaning out a messy cabinet that you have or something. I love that. (laughs) Um, Another example, let's say if you're feeling overwhelmed at work, maybe brainstorm some solutions to problems that you're facing, make a streamlined to-do list that puts your real 
priorities up top. Also, think about what's one thing that I can accomplish during the week, maybe within the next month. So we're thinking about long-term goals. Um, for example, decluttering all the closets at home, maybe scheduling checkups for you, your family uh, for the next year. Um, another uh, benefit is it acts as a mood booster. So, you know, getting out your feelings, whether they're positive or negative, can really improve your mood and give you like a greater sense of peace and happiness. I love that. I love that. Um, another benefit is confronting your trauma. How do you confront your trauma? Through journaling. Well, many of us have pain or shame that we haven't really shared with others. And instead of stuffing them down, which is known to be harmful yeah, for our health, yeah. we can um, disclo disclose those emotions through journaling. And our pain gets translated into words that exist outside of ourselves. Journaling about traumatic events helps you really explore and release the emotions involved. For people with anxiety, it can be like a really great way to help clear and calm your mind. Through writing, a person can release any pent-up feelings that you have, um, escape from any daily stressors, just let go of any negative thoughts. Um, it also, for people with mental illness, you can use your journal to explore uh, experiences with their condition, writing about your struggles, uh, successes, and dealing with symptoms. You know, journaling can also help you measure your progress as you undergo any treatment. You can track day-to-day -day symptoms that you may be experiencing so that you can recognize any triggers and learn ways to better control them. Um, reviewing past journal entries can also bring a sense of like self-awareness to those triggers as well. Um, another benefit is deterring negative thinking. So. As you journal the good, the bad, the ugly, I think you can find a reduction in the amount of intrusive thoughts that you experience. Um, it helps you calm, clear your mind of any intrusive thoughts that, you know, just won't leave you alone. So I feel like through journaling, it can like help you realize the number of intrusive thoughts that you're having, right? Do you agree? Yeah, absolutely. Um, it releases negative feelings, thoughts, and I think it's a great tool that allows you to explore any experiences that make you anxious. Um, it also encourages growth from setting your goals to dreaming about the future. Uh, journaling allows you to write about any areas of your life where you want to see growth or change. And by keeping a journal, you can mark your successes, mark your failures, and I think you'll be able to identify any factors that contributed to those. Um, it also helps foster a sense of uh, gratitude. So writing can encourage you to focus on people, maybe things or events that have given you joy or that you appreciate as well. So if I wanted to start journaling, what would you, like, what are some tips that you would give me to, if I wanted to start journaling? Okay. Um, well, definitely write in a private, a personalized space that's free from any distractions and even before you begin writing, choose a ritual to repeat every time that you journal. You know, rituals implement a call to action for our mind, our body and spirit through our muscle memory. And rituals create habits. Um, a few suggestions are maybe playing a favorite song, a playlist, 
drinking a cup of tea, tea. yeah, <laughs> um, lighting a candle or taking a bath, you know, something relaxing. Anything that you decide is just a good way to let your mind and body know, hey, it's time to focus on journaling. And whatever you choose, you know, stay consistent. It strengthens the ability to turn action into habit, and it's usually fun and relaxing, giving us that motivation that we need to form our habit. So when, when do you think is a good time to journal? I think whenever it feels right for you, honestly, whether it's daily, every other day, every other other day, uh, weekly, you know, the timing is completely up to you. However, try to aim for writing consecutively, maybe at least once per day. Uh, for some people, daily repetition is the only way to reinforce a habit. So let's say you're the type of person that gets a thrill out of achieving goals. I think that's a good method for you. Um, maybe try to plan writing 15 minutes before bed, set an alarm. Um, for other people, uh, daily record keeping is really overwhelming that you just give up quickly on the goal altogether. So if you're the type of person that gives up on your New Year's resolutions by February, <laughs> I can't, I'm <laughs> totally guilty of that. I cannot deny that. <laughs> so, you know, daily journaling might be a little too much for you. And that's totally okay. You know, target a goal of journal writing that works for you, maybe once a week. You set an alarm on the day that works for you. And, you know, there will be some days where you may not feel like writing or you don't feel as pumped, and that's totally okay. Except that there will be some days where you need to gift yourself um, understanding and flexibility as well. So what are, like, what's an example of a reason why someone would write in their journal? Um, let's say you're trying to overcome trauma. Um, that could be a reason. You know, don't feel obligated to write about a specific traumatic event. You know, you should journal about what feels right in the moment. Structure the writing however it feels right for you. You can use your journal as for whatever purpose you want, as you see fit. You don't have to share your journal with anyone as well. It's for your eyes only, you know, not your spouse, not your family, your friends, um, not even your therapist, although you can discuss your experiences with your therapist, of course. Mm -hmm. But um, if you do want to share uh, anything from your journal, share some parts. Now, uh, when it comes to writing, start by journaling for 5 to 15 minutes, write about whatever is on your mind, whatever is bothering you, and try to keep going until you feel what you've written needs to be said and be detailed as well. Describe the events that are currently causing trouble for you and keep in mind that with anxiety sometimes it's not about what's currently happening that causes stress but concerns about what could happen. And you can list those concerns in chronological order. Start with maybe one stressor and then explore what you think is going to happen next and then what you fear will happen after that and so forth. And once you have those thoughts in order, you can begin to look for solutions to relieve some of those stressors. And I think doing this can be helpful in getting those thoughts out of your head and into the open. I love that. So... When you're done writing, like what do you recommend when you're done? I think you should uh, gift yourself the time to reflect and balance yourself. So read what you've written and take a moment to reflect on it. Um, as you review what you've written and reflect what's concerning you right now, 
sum up your takeaway in one or two sentences. So use statements such as, I read, as I read this, I notice so-and-so, I'm aware of, or I feel, and then explore your options. Think, um, could things be different? Um, is there something that you could do to change your circumstances right now or your thoughts about your circumstances? And then challenge those thoughts. As you write about what you're concerned about what might happen, think critically and try to challenge those thoughts. Write anything that calls into question whether or not you worry is really a concern. Ask yourself, how likely is that really going to happen? And how do you know? Right. I love that. I love that. Um, if what you fear actually does come to pass, is there a possibility that it could be less of a negative experience than you think it could be? Or could it actually be a neutral or maybe even a positive event? Is there a way that you can use your circumstances to create a better outcome for yourself? So, you know, challenging those fears can really help you relieve that anxiety, that pent-up stress. It helps you see that things are either less likely to happen than you think that they are, or they're not just as bad as they seem. Right. Okay. I love that. So what else? Um, also, think differently. For each fear or concern, try to find a ways in which you could think about it differently. So create like a new story for yourself, a new perspective, even like a new set of possibilities. And then once you've come up with that um, different perspective, you want to use your journaling to take action to relieve that stress. And if you have any action items or maybe steps that you'd like to take, write them down. As you're writing, plan for the worst and hope for the best. Ask yourself what might happen. Think about many, um, maybe some challenges that you've faced and overcome, looking at your strongest and your wisest moments, do you think that you could use that same strength and wisdom to prevail in when a potential challenge appears? Thinking about your strengths and your best moments can help you remember that. While you may not enjoy the current circumstances that you're facing, you have the strength to handle what comes. You can find new strengths that you didn't even know you had. I love that so much. That's like one of the biggest things in my life is like realizing your potential. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Also think about how can you prepare. Come up maybe with a, a list of what you can do to improve your life right now and prepare you for what you fear. Maybe you want to build your resources by reaching out to your friends and strengthening your relationships. You could develop skills that you can use now um, that can come in handy in the future if your fears were realized. Maybe work on creating a stress management plan to help you be more emotionally resilient should you ever face a challenge. Putting your energy into doing something that can help you move out of a place of anxiety and towards a place of empowerment. Even if you don't need them, you'll have the resources there readily available. So now that we've discussed this, Emily, um, what are some steps to managing your intrusive thoughts? So I really feel like you have to begin with asking yourself, how would I like to be thinking right now? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, does this serve as a reminder of how I can keep myself accountable? Yeah. That's like really what I think about. And some things to ask yourself when you're doubting yourself more than anything is, do I want to be stressed and frustrated or do I want to be at ease? Do, yeah. I, do I want to be chill or do I want to be high strong, basically? Want... <laughs> right? Who wants to be high strong? 
Like, do I want to be worried about this or that? Or do I want to feel like I got everything under control? Yeah. Like, I want to be under control for most, you know, in most circumstances. You know, replacing fearful thoughts with gratitude is really going to decrease, like, your behavior and, like, the way you react towards certain situations, Mm -hmm. right? Taking that steam. Exactly. You, You really need to ask yourself, if I was in that state of mind, what thoughts would I be having like how would it feel to be thinking that way like I think it's important to just role play this in your mind and Mm -hmm. get an understanding of how you would feel in certain circumstances you Mm -hmm. know what I mean your brain knows how to do it it's like tapping on like an app it's like tapping on Instagram like your thumb automatically knows where to go on that specific page of your phone right yeah always but like like it knows where to direct it but when you decide in that moment to like purposely focus on something positive your mind is going to automatically go in that direction, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, now what you have to do is you have to envision the person who thinks they are that person. If that okay. makes sense, you need to envision yourself positive all the time, and yeah. then you will be positive all the time, yeah. right? So, if you are a version of you who feels supremely confident the more, the majority of the time, then that's who you're going to be, right? Absolutely. Yeah. and. Something that you need to ask yourself, what does this person's day look like? Mm. Right? So, like, when they first wake up, how do they respond against the grogginess and the tiredness and the, oh, I don't want to get up. Let me just hit the snooze button one more time. <laughs> if they're stuck in traffic, are they, do they have road rage? Are they angry? Are they honking at every person that passes them? Like, if, if they're drawn into a confrontation, like, how do they react? How do they respond? Mm-hmm. And how do they disconnect after a long day? Yeah. Right? Like, you need to ask yourself all these questions and really have an understanding of who you want to be for yourself, right? Mm -hmm. Like, imagine yourself going through a full day of this person and record, like, how they react to just, like, the outside world. You know, you're never going to have a complete control over everything around you, but you do have control over how you react to things, right? So, if we want to take back control, there's a few ways that we can do this. So mind control is just basically a way of improving the quality of your life. You know, you you might not be able to stop the initial trigger thought, but you can take back the control and the way you react to things. You know, you don't have to get swept away in your reactions, right? So there's a few ways that you can get a grip on this. Okay. You know, you can be aware and you can be prepared. So when you're aware, you're basically mentally strong enough to fight off the thoughts that you don't want. You know, negative thinking happens to everyone. No one that I know that can escape, you know, negative thoughts. But what matters most is what happens after you have the thoughts. You know, I'm not just saying you should become anxious waiting for negativity to arrive. Essentially, it just means that when you're aware and when you can recognize the trigger thought that happens, that you can immediately knock it out and you can, like, make it disappear. You know, the more that you're aware, the quicker you can grab hold of your mind and take back control. Another way that you can get a grip on it is just basically naming it, saying it out loud. When you're stuck in a negative thought and you're feeling yourself falling back into that deep, dark hole of negativity... If you say it out loud, it just brings fruition to it. You know, whether you whisper it or you say it out loud, naming it causes a separation of your subconscious mind. You know, when I was suffering from panic attacks, naming exactly what was happening to me is essentially what saved me. 
You know, the negative force is strong, but you can be stronger. Another uh, way to get a grip on taking back control is, is by erasing and replacing things in your mind. So sometimes just saying erase and replace is enough. You know, it's a positive mantra that kicks out negativity and really makes room for positive thoughts to enter your mind. It also helps to have a replace statement ready for you to use when you need it, if you get what I mean. You know, one word is all you need. You may choose stop or no or go. Just use it as a mantra. Repeat it over and over again. You can scream it. You can sing it. You can be creative. You can put it on a board on your wall. Do whatever helps you to make yourself aware that it is possible for yourself. You know, other simple and helpful phrases are let go. Everything is fine. Just really find a replacement that will stop the negativity. It's... Mm -hmm. It's, it, have you heard the song from Frozen, Let oh It Go? Oh my god, who Let hasn't? Go. Yeah. It Let it go. <laughs> it's really like a good mantra that'll like help you like just, you know, erase and replace. Yeah. Another point is to basically just do a reality check. You know, a lot of the times I give myself, you know, a pat on the face or, you know, a nice little slap on the back. Mm -hmm. And essentially, you know, this is myself believing in what I think you know in reality it's just you know it's a movie of what you've created in your mind you really just want everything to go perfectly right yeah and your creations are intense but being able to make them more realistic you know realizing that life isn't a movie and life isn't princesses and fairy tales right mm -hmm. is really just gonna put reality into check. Like I said, it's going to really just bring everything back to the present. So speaking of the present, something that I practice a lot, and I think I've already mentioned before, is mindfulness. So if you're going to take control of your thoughts, you really need like a mental support system. And being present through mindfulness is something that works almost instantaneously. You know, when you're doing this is really just going to help benefit you more than you realize and it's kind of crazy how stuff works out that way the last thing that i want to mention that is going to help you take back control is just realizing that taking control is your own choice you know remember that this is your freedom of choice you are going to determine your own path and who you want to spend it with what career you want and you know what you want to have for dinner what do you want to have to dinner Tonight, Marilyn. Pasta. Pasta. Mm. Italian. I love that. <laughs> so just realize that you are in control of everything in your life. And that's really all that matters. Yeah. So I feel like journaling is a really good way to keep a record of your thoughts. Would you agree? Yeah. Um, thought records enable us to apply logic to our mental processes. So, you know, think of someone who's afraid of losing their job. Overnight. They get obsessed with the fact that management thinks they're doing everything wrong. And this cycle can end up causing a self-fulfilling prophecy that by thinking everything they could do wrong, sooner or later, they're going to end up doing it. For example, by falling into a very negative state of mind. To have a better sense of control, balance, and coherence, nothing is more helpful than making records of your invasive thoughts. And all it takes is writing down every negative idea that appears in your mind 
and it works, you work out its truth. So say, I just know that everything I've done at work has been wrong. Is there anything that proves that this is true? Have I caught my supervisor's attention? What have I done differently today that I think was so bad? So what do you think is another thing that we could do to help stop intrusive thoughts? Maybe um, try scheduling positive activities throughout your day. So something as simple as like quality time for yourself um, has really positive results and it stops your overthinking. Um, these activities can be really simple and brief, like let's say going out for a coffee with a friend. You know, give yourself a break. Buy a book, make a nice home-cooked meal for yourself, listen to your favorite kind of music, you know, treat yourself. Right. So I feel like when it comes to different like types of intrusive thoughts, there's a hierarchy of thoughts, right? There's a, there's a scale of worse to not so bad that you can kind of filter through and try to understand why you're thinking that way. You know, when you're trying to overcome this, I think the first step is to control the focus of your thoughts and feelings and try to clarify them. Like, and how do we how do we place them on that hierarchy? Where do they belong? Where do they belong on our scale of concerns? <laughs> and I feel like by writing this down, it really just helps to visualize all the chaos that's inside your head. And I really feel like that by writing this down, it'll help you realize that problems that you think were huge are really just very minuscule. You know, you need to really realize that emotional reasoning is like very essential when it comes to intrusive thoughts. You know, for example, if I had a bad day and I'm feeling frustrated, it starts to feel like a deep, dark hole that you get sucked into a vacuum, right? Yeah. But something that we need to realize in our thoughts is objectivity. You know, we can't forget that our emotions are not always, you know, indicative of an objective truth. You know, they're only momentary moods that we must understand and manage and move past, right? Mm -hmm. So... What do you think are some ways that we could prevent intrusive thoughts, Marilyn? Um, well, whether we want to or not, there's always going to be situations that tempt us to fall into that deep, dark tunnel that you said of intrusive thoughts once again. And one way to be attentive to those situations is keeping a journal. Um, something as simple as writing down your feelings every day makes you more conscious of things happening around you. Um, write down whatever comes to mind, describe the situations, be really descriptive um, when you felt certain feelings. And maybe there's people or habits or scenarios that make you lose control or feel vulnerable. By journaling, we can see what these things really are daily. Um, we'll be able to prevent ourselves from having a negative reaction to them and it can even help us manage them as well. I love that. I love that. So some final thoughts before we conclude. I think we need to realize that our mind is a tool, you know, and like any other tool can be used for constructive or destructive purposes, right? Yeah. Unfortunately, but you know, you need to allow your mind to be occupied by positivity. You know, you can allow your mind to be occupied by unwanted and undesired destructive tenants. But you can choose desirable tenants like, you know, like peace and gratitude and compassion and joy mm -hmm. and love. 
you know, your mind can be your best friend. It can be your biggest supporter. Yeah, someone you can count on. Absolutely. And someone that's going to encourage you. But I think the number one thing that we need to take out of all of this is that you are in control of your thoughts. Yeah. And your thoughts are your own choice. Yeah. Right? The choice is yours. I love that. Well, thank you so much for hanging out with me today, Marilyn. I had so much fun doing this with you. That's it for today. Thank you for joining us. If you enjoyed the Best Life in Show and you want to get in touch, you can find and follow us on all social platforms or visit our website, bestlifing.com. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast and leave a review. Till next time, mates. Stay Stay blessed blessed and best lifing. lifing.